0: This is the We
1: Are Going Up podcast. We've got the football league covered.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode one hundred and sixty-nine of We Are Going Up. Uh, this is Mark Crossley in sunny Salford, Keys. Well, not so sunny now. It's five past eight in the evening as I'm recording this. David Cameron Walker is in, well, I imagine the ever sunny Waterloo area of London. Correct. 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 Here How I are I you, am. mate? I'm all right. You? Yeah, good. Barry have turned things around since the last show. I know. I was gonna text you a bit of abuse at half time oh, the, yeah? the other day on Saturday when you two 0 down. Yeah. To Colchester yeah. was it? Yeah, good job yeah. you didn't. Colchester who hadn't hadn't won in about eighteen games yeah. or something. Yeah. And then Four they had a man two. sent was off. Was it five we were, two near? No, it's five two. It's five two, yeah. Andrew Tutt with a hat trick. Um, a man who's most of his shots this season have gone nearer the corner flag than the goal gets a 10 minute hat trick to a chorus of tuts, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, it is the uh, the latest episode of We Are Going Up. A couple of weeks have gone by since the latest show, but as ever, lots going on. Have you seen the story today about Gillingham as we record this? An
3: ineligible player, haven't yeah, they? being fined
0: yeah. four grand for fielding an ineligible player on the opening day of the season, but not deducted any points. Yeah, whenever um, this comes up, you always go, you always. <laughs> Ever go, don't you? Well, I mean, I just thought that, I just thought oh, I, I mentioned it. Hurts. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, where was our fine? One rule for one, exactly, mate, exactly. So I'm uh, sure the other teams at the top of league one will have some questions to to ask about that. They've not been deducted any points. That was um, the opening day of the season when they beat Sheffield United four 0 But uh, yeah, they've just been fined. So coming up today, then, um, well, we're going to talk a bit of Knox County,
3: aren't we? Because this news broke today. Yeah, the chairman Ray True has stepped down seemingly out of nowhere. And the reason he stepped down is because of abuse. He's been receiving so much abuse from the fans via social media, and I think some at the actual stadium itself as well. That he's, you know, said enough's enough. I'm stepping away. Not just him; his wife Eileen as well, who, as we know, has been heavily involved, a key figure at the club in the last few years as well. And, and they're not having it anymore.
0: Well, it only seems like five minutes ago we were uh,
3: sat in that press box on that beautiful yeah. Sun, well, do you know they're, they're playing Plymouth this weekend? Away and of course we were there for the visit of Plymouth to Meadow Lane. Well, quite right then that we should um,
0: we should talk about them. We're going to speak to Talk Sports' very own Andrew McKenna, um, Big Knots County fan. We'll talk to him about that a little bit later on in the show. But first, we're going to start in the Championship with well Wolverhampton Wanderers because uh, they're having a little wobble. Wolves are having a wobble seven games. I believe I make it well, The whole season's a been a wobble really isn't it to be honest It has It's been a season long wobble for the Wolves Disastrous um, Try and say that when you've had a few drinks Seven games without a win and yeah no, 2016 not looking so good so far So a little bit earlier we caught up with one of the guys from the excellent Wolves fan cast regularly wins awards the um, football blogging awards and the like um, Mr Richard Hobbs so Richard from the Wolves fancast, joined us a little bit earlier on to talk to us about well what's gone wrong in the last few weeks and the season so far and all the uncertainty surrounding the future of manager Kenny Jackett. I started by asking him about that recent run, then seven games without a win so far, uh, or in the last seven games, sorry, in 2016. Uh, First question, quite simply, what's gone wrong?
2: Yeah, I think sort of we had a decent run uh, just before these winless seven games um, where I think we got four wins on the bounce and we've had a couple of injuries to the side and we're already pretty inconsistent anyway. But we were picking up um, wins here and there and sort of keeping ourselves, you know, in mid-table mediocrity. But the last few games, we've basically been hit through injuries to essentially all of our front four players. Um, the goals have dried up and the defence has got a lot more open.
3: Richard, the question I want to ask you first is, um, who do you think has had the the bigger disaster when you consider that I tipped Wolves not only to be promoted this season, but to indeed win the championship, or is it actually a bigger disaster for Wolves? Have they let me down, or have I let myself down by making such a foolish prediction?
2: It's a difficult one, because you're not the only one who predicted Wolves to um, go up as champions. I think four four two kind of tipped us to the top. We really didn't progress some last season in terms of sort of replacing someone like Bakri Sacco, who's gone off to show he can do it in the Premier League when he's fully fit. Um, and it's kind of gone a bit downhill from there. We lost Nua who, you know, I don't fully know how sort of neutrals feel about him, but the kind of work rate he gives Wolves makes a massive difference to how we play. And he got injured, I think, like the last week week of August, um And again, we didn't replace him properly. So I think at the end of last season, I think it was, I think Walsworth kind of a a decent outside bet for promotion. Um, Then sort of as soon as the season started drawing closer and quality players weren't coming in, the writing was a bit on the wall. Um, You know, there's still a decent nucleus of players if they actually perform to their potential, but... I think. I think it's more wolves have been have let you down rather than uh, you've just kind of picked them. You know, that's, them. There. that's
3: good to know.
0: Both as bad as each other, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, pretty much. Yeah. Um, also, a man obviously that uh, Wolves lost uh, in early January is who has gone to Bournemouth. In the last six games, Wolves have scored three goals. Um, is it too obvious to say that you're missing him?
2: Uh, I, no, it's not. Um, you know, he he didn't have the greatest. sort of first half of the season he was clearly not 100% happy but even an unhappy Benicophobi still managed to get 10 goals I think it was in the first half of the season you know half of them were from the penalty spot but regardless of that he's a natural finisher and you know he'll get into those positions in the box and he doesn't need sort of more than two opportunities to find the back of the net and without it we didn't really have a um, a fully, you know, a decent striker to come in. You know, we have Adam Lefondre, who, you know, everyone knows as, you know, as a impact player. And beyond that, we didn't. We had Grant Holt, who, you know, has the turning speed of a canal boat. And uh, we have Bjorn Sigars, and who's been out for two years. He's just come back. So. You know, we've got no one coming through who's getting, you know, who's willing to step up and fill that void, which is a shame.
3: What's the atmosphere been like at Molyneux recently? Uh, have they been having a go at Jacket, or is it more against the, to the board, or, or both even?
2: Um, I think um, let's see. A couple of weeks ago, when we lost Preston at home, we haven't had an atmosphere like that since we got relegated to League One. It was very toxic. Um, a lot of it directed to the board, more than Jacket on that occasion just because of sort of the lack of sort of you know money coming back into the team and replacing you know players in the last two games and in particular on Tuesday night when we lost um to Brentford a lot more of it was directed towards Kenny Jacket. Do
3: you think he's got many games left? I mean if this bad run continues say another couple of games without a win or another few few losses on the on the bounce could he go?
2: Well, we've got Derby on Saturday on Sky then we've got Bo away on Sky um, so yeah I, it's not looking I think we've got a couple of tricky games after that as well in these sort of last seven games which we haven't won they've all been relatively easy fixtures they've all been sort of around us um, you know we haven't played any of the top six I think um, but we've all you know we shouldn't be losing to like Brentford who are one place uh, you know around the same amount of points as us same as Preston and Huddersfield And now we're playing teams who are gunning for promotion. You know, we haven't looked like we were up for a fight in in the last three games. So I'm a bit scared for Jacket and Wolves, what's going to happen on Saturday.
3: Has he been making bad decisions, bad team selection, maybe wrong choice of of strategy and and formation? Or or really is it down to the the loss of the key players, both from selling them players like Sacco, Afobi and the injuries to Dicko?
2: I think it's a bit of both. I mean, you know, it's it's never great for a when he's having to cope with sort of so many injuries happening. But at the same time, it's still his job to put out a team who can compete. And, you know, we're not so weighed down with injuries that it should really impact them. You know, there's been a couple of very odd decisions recently in terms of dropping someone like Kevin McDonald, who you could argue hasn't appeared to have done that much wrong on the pitch. Um, He's your main man, really, isn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, he—he's the only player who can pass the football in that team. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we—we we look to, you know, we look a bit, um, you know, we don't lack like any presence in this field with him and Jack Price, who kind of can get on with work quite quietly. You know, there's a bit, there's feels like there's a lot of things happening behind closed doors for reasons why players aren't getting picked at the moment. And sort of having someone like Tommy Rowe, who is very industrious, doesn't have, you know, having him on the left wing when he doesn't have the pace or. The skill, you know, has got to make you question a lot of things. When we apparently have a uh, fabulous academy, you know, structure and having lots of good players coming through. And in fact, we're playing players out of position. Um, you know, when we've got decent youngsters, makes me kind of quite does question the manager quite a lot.
0: Just a question for me on sort of fans' expectations. Obviously, you had that fantastic season in League One a couple of years ago, uh, where you won the title, got a silly amount of points. You had a successful first season up last year. Is it a case? you know, the, the championship's such a tough division to get out of that you're always going to have a mid-table season at some point and it's not the end of the world? Or is it? Is Wolves the kind of club where, you know, mid-table season is uh, a rarity and, and the fans turn instantly?
2: I've been going to games since we got promoted in the playoffs in 2002 and I don't think I've ever seen Wolves really finish mid-table. I think we finished... I remember finishing 10th once. All the other times we've either been competing for players or promotion or we've been fighting a relegation fight. So it's almost a we you know, it's a odd feeling for Wolfsand because we're not actually used to being fourteenth or twelfth or around this kind of, part of the table. So it's a bit it's a bit odd in that sort of respect. Um it's a difficult division to get out of and we've kind of, you know, been last season we were doing great, but more and more you look back on it it's easy to say with hindsight we were perhaps carrying a lot of momentum from that league one season in you know and so we played exactly the same style we were swashbuckling you know we we're going on teams on the counter attack and tearing through them with pace and for some reason this season whether it's through injuries or what have you we don't appear to have kind of wanted to play that style, but it's kind of gone so successfully for the team of a manager for two seasons.
3: You really are very much mid-table. I mean, you're the, you're the most mid-table club in the Championship. You're equidistant between relegation and the playoffs, mired and going nowhere. But I just wanted to ask a question about uh, the, the situation off the field. The club's still up for sale, isn't it? And do you think that's played a part in this disappointing season?
2: Potentially. Um, you know, it's, it's always hard to tell how much of an influence that has on a team. From the sounds of it, I mean, it's still, you know, money's kind of going back into the team. You know, in, we signed Joe Mason in, um, in the January transfer window. Um, and admittedly, that was probably used some sort of profits from the Fobi sale. But, you know, it's hard to tell how much it affects the players. But I think it doesn't help fans knowing that there's an uncertainty around the club's future more than anything else, because um, it makes you almost question everything that happens. So fans who are calling for Jacket to go, they're unsure if they can go if he can go because the owner doesn't sit on the board anymore, and that's you know it throws a lot of things into question. And if anything's going bad, you think, well, we need three new players, you know, who's going to put the money in for that? Mm. And you know, yeah, so it's. It's a tricky situation, but so many clubs, I mean, basically all the Midlands clubs are up for sale, so um, it's nothing that our rivals haven't had to put up with for the last three seasons.
3: So uh, finally, what do you want to happen? Do you think Jacket can stick this out, go again next season and take the club forward and keep moving the club in an upwards direction, or do you think it might be time for a change soon?
2: I think it's going to have to be. I mean, we're we're in borderline 3-4 at the moment. We've got a tricky run of games coming up. I don't think we're going to get relegated because just the three teams in the relegation zone are, I think it's about yeah, 14 You'll points. be fine this year, yeah. You know, I think, I think it would have to be a very dramatic fall from grace for us. Um, so, and I can see it, you know, I think we'll be safe if we can manage to get three wins in the next 13, which is doable. It's always a tricky one because who are we going to bring in with 13 games to go? You know, are we going to be able to bring in a... Mm. Uh, a You've been pin? here before when you yeah. sacked Mick. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, you know, wh- who's going to want to come in with this few games to go, and just sort of be in mid-table? You know, even if even if someone comes in and we win nine out of the next 13 games, you know, I can't see a manager wanting to come at this point. I'm sure they'd rather wait until the summer, just in case anything very bad does happen to Wolves, and they've got the summer to take a fresh look at it. Um, it's tricky, but it might be one of those where, you know, uh, Jacket goes and then someone from the backroom staff steps in for the last ten games, hopefully gets a bit of that renewed positivity and that they don't stay long to, you know, they kind of go back to their natural role in the summer and we can get in, you know, uh manager again.
3: I was just wondering actually, is, is this uh, a good or a bad thing in terms of your disappointing season for the Wolves fan cast? Is it better to have a bad season so you've got lots to get your teeth stuck into and you can have a lot of debates and stuff, or would you rather be happy and joyous and just going looking at wonderful wins week in, week out?
2: Oh, uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, yesterday I think we recorded our longest ever podcast. <laughs> so, because, you know, there's always lots more, th- there's always more things to talk about, isn't there, when you're doing bad? Mm um and you don't we all like a moan yeah every, everyone likes a moan you know when it's going well you almost don't question a lot of the things that are happening because why would you you know everyone you know you're so happy that you're winning but with everything that's going on i mean it's in, it's more interesting from a podcast point of view i think um even if it's probably slightly more depressing listening to our few, um, listeners in terms of sort of a blog side of things it's a it's a, it's not as great because, you know, you don't want to, you know, you get halfway through and you think, oh, it's not really worth it, is it? Just having a...
3: Wading through disappointment.
2: Yeah, yeah. it can be a bit of a uh, quagmire of, you know, disappointment. Um, but, yeah, no, um, I mean, you know, fans still listen. Um, it's still interesting to sort of hear why, you know, and sift through and see why people think going wrong for
0: different reasons well if you want to uh, have a listen to the Wolves Fancast it is WolvesFancast.com that's where you can go and get it on SoundCloud and iTunes Uh, Richard thanks very much for coming on and speaking to us not a problem we appreciate it best of luck for the rest of the season that is Richard Hobbs from the Wolves Fancast and next we're going to talk some Knox County
1: you're listening to We Are Going Up we've got the Football League covered
0: So to Meadow Lane then, because Ray True has stepped down as chairman of Notts County and announced that the League Two club is up for sale. Uh, he became owner of the Magpies chairman uh, six years ago, back in 2010. But um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, he's made this decision after him and his family were subjected to mindless and foul abuse in recent days. Notts are 16th in the table, having been relegated last season. A little bit earlier on, DC caught up with one of his colleagues at Talk Sport big Notts County fan Mr Andrew McKenna and started by asking him how shocked he was when he saw
1: the news that Ray True had put the club up for sale yeah pretty shocked it has to be said because although it hasn't exactly been sweetness and light Ray's always managed to battle his way through it and um, has come out the other side so whatever's gone on has obviously really cut pretty deep I mean you've got to realise that it's not just um, the chairman His wife was chief executive, and she actually used to stand on the cop. She had a season ticket. She didn't sit in the director's box. She actually stood in with the fans. Now, she stood down a few months ago. I can only assume that these things are now all related, and they've just decided, you know what, enough's enough. We don't need this. I mean, he's put absolutely millions and millions of pounds in. He deserves better than that, um, the abuse that he's getting. Okay, so you don't agree with his choice of manager? Well... Unfortunately, that's the life of a football fan, isn't it? There have been a lot of managers under his his tenure as chairman
3: of Knox County, but as you say, he did take the club in a position where they were absolutely on their knees and close to going out of business with the whole Munso Finance thing and all the Sven
1: and all that whole thing. So surely that that has to be balanced in in the supporters' views. It was very interesting. Social media was full of, well, yes, he did save us, but now four, five, six years on... Are we heading back in a similar kind of situation? I'll be honest, I'm really pro what he's done in a business sense. I've not agreed with some of the decisions management-wise. Sean Derry never had the team in the relegation positions, but the club's board got nervous and decided to replace Sean with Ricardo Moniz. The team were then relegated at the end of the season. Would they have been if Sean was kept on as manager? I don't know. Now the decision to bring in Jamie Fullerton, there's a lot of unrest with with some of the fans about that. What they've tried to do is find the next big manager, if you like, to, to find someone new, to find someone exciting that will invigorate the fans rather than go around the, that sort of old cycle of the same old names who've been, ban- you know, this job, that job, they've been around forever. They've tried to find that. Maybe, maybe they should have gone for the, for the um, manager that would have guaranteed them to get back up to League One. You know, as always, they were one of the favourites to win League Two this season when you're one of the size that comes down from League One but it just hasn't happened.
3: It does seem to me that there has been a, a lack of of an overall vision and, and strategy, perhaps, from the top at Notts County over the last few years. Because you say if they've, they've tried to get the next big thing now with, with Fullerton, a young coach who's sort of come out of nowhere. They had the, the foreign, uh, the Dutch coach with, with Moniz and his kind of glamorous coaching career that he's had. You've had the local boy in Sean Derry, you've had... People like Kiwamia, who was at the club and stepped up and they gave him the jobs. You've had all these different kind of types of managers, and yet they're going from one approach to the other. They're not a club that has a a seemingly a blueprint for who they want and they, they get rid of somebody and they bring someone else in that can replace him and keep going. It's gone from one extreme to the other. And that isn't an excuse for fans to abuse the chairman and his wife in the way they have done.
1: But you can understand the criticism. Oh, absolutely. Because, of course, every time you change the management, invariably, you're then changing the playing squad, aren't you? So if you actually look at the amount of players that have been used in probably the last three or four years, I mean, it will be a ridiculous amount. It is a huge amount. Now, on one hand, you can say, well, the chairman's always backed his manager. But at the same token the turnover of players makes it incredibly difficult to actually get any kind of continuity going and will always make it difficult to to, to get momentum and let's be honest that as much as anything else it is what's needed um yeah i i can understand that i can understand that you know real madrid have proven that and you don't have to k- keep the ma- same manager for 5 years to to win european trophies but what they do have is the nucleus of players from season to season, and that's maybe where it's fallen down slightly. So, where does this leave the club now? <laughs> oh, that's a very good question. Um, Trying to find someone with deep pockets, because let's be honest about this: League Two isn't sexy. You know, the income there isn't um, enormous. So, someone who needs to come in with a decent amount of money, who's prepared to ride it out, what you have is a great stadium, is a, is a pretty decent infrastructure. Um, they just need, to, frankly, to get something going on the field of play. Now, Notts County have always struggled because of what Forrest did in the late 70s, early 80s. An entire generation of fans was basically lost to the other side of the trend, which is why one of the things Ray Trio always tried to do was was find a manager who was going to play entertaining, exciting football to get the fans back in. What they've got to do is find someone who can try and reinvigorate the club, reinvigorate the management, get everything going again and get everyone singing from the same hymn sheet. There's something there to work with. I'm absolutely convinced of that. But, um, yeah, let's be honest. League Two football is not sexy. It's not glamorous. And by God, is it cash intensive you've got to be committed to that. And if you are, then I'll wholeheartedly hold my hands up and say thank you very much to you. So
3: what about Jamie Fullerton then? He's made a reasonably encouraging start, I guess you could say, to his time as as manager there. It was actually the game earlier in the season against Plymouth uh, at Meadow Lane. We were there looking at that game live and and that's the game coming up this weekend, the reverse fixture. Um, At the time, we were looking at the squad that Maniz had It looked promising. There's some decent players on show, perhaps not performing as they should week in, week out. There was inconsistency, but there were certainly positive undertones from some of the fans we were talking to on the day about the players they had and if they could get this on that right, maybe we could push on to the playoffs. Obviously, that hasn't happened since, but in terms of the rest of the season and beyond, I mean, are you confident that Fullerton, notwithstanding any turmoil that may be yet to come off the pitch, could take this squad forward?
1: it's a work in progress isn't it it's as simple as that um, of course you know one of the things you w- they, the club will be thinking is if there is a change in ownership quite often you see change in managers yeah. which in essence you understand but we've just been saying you can't keep changing managers you can't keep changing playing staffs. do you know what I, I know he's learning on the job at the moment and that is difficult in terms of being a football league manager but they've got to stick with someone so why not Jamie Fullerton? You know, there comes a point that you can you can chop and change no more. Give it a go and see what happens. Give it a proper, proper run. There have been reports today uh, from the
3: local media in Nottingham that a local businessman, I don't know if you're aware of this or you'd heard of the name, Alan Hardy, who I believe is the owner of a golf club mm. in the area, and he tweeted earlier on, sort of cryptic kind of tweet, alluding to the fact that he might even be thinking, at least, of getting involved. Whether it means buying it outright or being part of something bigger, I don't know. But would that be a good thing? you think a local person who understands it? I would assume, without having looked at his finances in detail, that he's not going to have the untold millions that you would want maybe a new owner to have, but he would have a sensitivity to the club because he's a fan.
1: Well, he's also involved in a a sports marketing company, so um, he he knows the area, if you like, geographically, he knows the finances of sport as well. Um, Look, if he's interested, I mean, there are word that they've actually, he approached the club even before this announcement, so this might have been bubbling under for a while about him wanting to get involved. Hey, look, if if anyone wants to put money into my football club, they're all right by me. Um, If he's got it, brilliant. And you know what? If if he needs some friends, absolutely no worries with that. You've got to remember where Notts County was six years ago under Monto Finance. You know, it, it was a ridiculous situation. It can never be allowed to go down that road again. So you know what? Anyone, if you want to get involved, you've got the cash and it's up front and you can prove it give it a crack that was Talk Sports Andrew McKenna speaking to DC a
0: little bit earlier on about the situation at Notts County and we've got some more stuff to say about what's been going on in the Football League over the last couple of weeks after this
1: this is the We Are Going Up podcast we've got the Football League covered
0: okay let's start in the championship a couple of uh, football league teams still left in the FA Cup heading into the quarterfinals Reading are in the draw again DC they love a cup upset don't they knocking out West Brom and Hull City have got a replay against Arsenal at the KC which I didn't see coming and the mouth watering prospect of a home tie against Watford should they overcome Arsenal <laughs> oh is that right yeah. is that what it's all about mm. I wonder when the Watford mention was going to come um, Hull City though very very tough to beat this season Yeah. Steve Bruce in the championship is
3: just a match made in heaven yeah I've been really impressed with the job that Steve Bruce has done this season they managed to keep the majority of that squad together they've added quite smartly as well to it and it's you know paid dividends for them it looks like they're going to go straight back up again this season Uh, we had Ian Ashby in the studio uh, today at work actually and we were chatting to him a bit off air about because he still lives up in the area his son plays for the under nines and he was sort of telling us a few things about how the club's going this season and nothing but positives in terms of the spirit in the squad um, and just you know how good a job Steve Bruce has done. And I, I think Steve Bruce, he is a manager who I, I actually do think he's... A- not given as much credit as he deserves, I don't think. I know he's got he's taken a few teams down, but he's also taken a hell of a lot of teams up as well. And he's even when in the Premier League, he's not done too bad. I think he's had a lot of jobs, he's moved around a lot. Maybe that goes against him, but I, I think he's a really good manager. Well, can they take um, that league form into the replay? Do you think home to Arsenal at the KC? Well, it will be interesting because they made a lot of changes for the the game at the Emirates. So that they, and Bruce was made no. Secret of the fact that his focus was on the league and that, that you know they were in the promotion race and that's what that's where their attention was and you know if they get anything at Arsenal then so be it but we're not going to necessarily play all of our best players and he didn't but they got the nil nil draw and I'd imagine they'll probably play a, a stronger team in the replay they're going to be at home why not go for it a place in the quarterfinals is at stake you'll get a home tie against Watford another tie that they'd probably think they'd have a decent shout of of winning at home, or certainly uh, taking them the distance anyway. And could it be third time lucky for them? Of course, they they lost in the final, famously a couple of years back, uh, and then they lost again at the Emirates in the the Cup uh, the year after. Maybe just maybe this is, the, this is the year. Arsenal, you know, they are entering that period where they do let everyone down. Although, of course, in the last two seasons, the FA Cup has been the place where they've they've come through. So they'll want to complete the hat-trick, though, won't they, Arsenal, as well? It looks like they're out of the Champions League as well, doesn't it? So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for, for Hull. But why not? Why not go for it? You're flying in the league. Hernandez is banging in the goals. You know, just go
0: for it. I, I think they've got a decent chance. Um, we'll have to watch this space in the replay um, just looking at the table there's a bit of a gap opening up at the bottom Charlton, Bolton and Rotherham in the relegation zone Jan Kermigan has come out this week Reading striker and slammed, slammed Charlton, the Charlton yeah. owner's vision for the club which I think pretty much everyone's doing Bolton have had their issues Gary medine has been disciplined
3: well, um, the takeover's gone through though for Bolton yeah, which is well, good news
0: it has sort of it's just a pending Football League ratification mm. which is going to be the final uh, step so yeah Dean Holdsworth He's the new Bolton chairman. He got a little bit um, fidgety. We did a, an interview with him at Radio Manchester uh, this week and he got a bit fidgety when he was asked where the money was coming from. Or not, not the money, who the other people, sorry, were in the Sports Shield consortium. Because um, fans like a bit of transparency. They've seen what's happened with various well, for owners good like reason, yeah. Carson Young and all these various it's people. Good practice, of course um, is. But yeah, he was yeah, a yeah. bit sort of willing to, I don't think the people wanted to reveal you know, who they were and didn't want the public profile. Not. So he, I mean, I'm sure he's got genuine reasons for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think a few fans were a little bit worried by that and it is ridiculous really that he's managed to buy the club I know there's going to be a further I think, 12 million going in over the next five years but 7.5 million pounds for a football club which is less than Bolton paid for Johan Elmander yeah. <laughs> crazy which <laughs> is <laughs> ridiculous it, when you put it like that it was that.
3: sad to see them have to sell the training ground as well
0: yes which has to gone to Wigan. Wigan yeah I know who were
3: flying high in uh, in League One at the minute because that'll be you know that'll be a place that is you know Wigan will have to refit the whole place and to get rid of every mention of Bolton and Every badge and every blue and white. Oh, I suppose they're kind of broadly the same colour, so that'll be fine. But it's just you know that's their home. I mean, that in, in many ways that's more of a home for for a football club day in day out than it is the stadium, really, isn't it? And they've basically had to sell their home. And God, what they're training on now, I think it's you know not going to be anything similar, is it? So it's a sorry state of affairs, and I mean it's a symbol of of their decline, really. But um, in terms of the other teams in the bottom three, good news for Rotherham. <laughs> what? They've signed Lloyd Doily Oh have they? Yeah I know they've signed Paddy
0: Kenny I didn't see the Lloyd They have news. signed Paddy
3: Kenny as well Of course they have If I could have put any money on that by the way We could have yeah. all been millionaires couldn't we? But they've signed Lloyd Doily uh, he, he made his debut First game in a year that he's played Due to injury and not being selected as well When he was fit for Watford um, He played at the weekend and gave away a penalty <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lloyd. Good start Lloyd but no he's a good signing for them he's really experienced he'll never let you down he's one of the best one-on-one defenders you'll ever see at that level and in a relegation scrap I mean they are what are they oh, six points adrift it's going to be really tough for them to stay up but he'll help we um, we
0: actually walked past him didn't we at the game it came up on time hop on my thing the other day Is it a year ago or two years ago whenever it was when I made my one and only trip to the Vic mm. and uh, he walked past us on the way out and you were yeah. very very quick to point him out um, okay then so let's let's go on to, uh, to League One if we can uh, Nick Dawes is the new manager of Scunthorpe United ex, ex-Berry Legend from the 90s he's, he's um, I think he was working behind the scenes at the club but he's been X, given
3: ex-Berry Legend
0: or ex-Berry Legend so well, well it's really a long time ago double negative Well <laughs> yeah he's an ex-Berry Legend He's, He's a Barry legend, therefore a Barry legend again. He's taking control until the end of the season. Uh, they're up in thirteenth. Uh, did you see Keith Hill compare football managers to dating
3: apps over the yeah, last couple did. of days? He's probably right, really. Well, yeah. Maybe they, maybe that that should be a thing. Well, this is the chairman. thing. Somebody should make <laughs> an app for chairman. They can just swipe. No. Yeah. No. Warnock. No. no left. Warnock. No. Wilson Left Wilcox No Platt Left
0: Pierce Left (laughs) And so on And so on Who would you Um, swipe We need someone That we could swipe right on Holloway Maybe Think about it And who are you you going in For the super like on That's the big question Yeah That is the big question Mourinho Yeah Mourinho Yeah Jason Mourinho one super like from Ed Woodward <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what's happening if you missed those comments this week that was Keyville after the Rochdale fleet 1-0 win against Fleet were talking about even though they were doing well this year or they were going to stay up in League One it wasn't any guarantee he was going to keep his job because The amount of available football managers these days is like being on dating apps and looking for new partners. Basically, that's what he was saying in a nutshell, which Mm. I did enjoy. And you've seen all the old um, quotes about the likes of Ian Holloway talking about sort of women in relation to football and dating and all that kind of thing has been doing the rounds this week. All very entertaining. Uh, Looking at the table, Colchester, well, they're completely cut adrift Um, they're on a horror run Crew Oldham Oldham are showing signs of life right I I get your money on Oldham to stay up by the way they've won the last few games under John Sheridan five games unbeaten now they're closing in they probably might be out of the relegation zone actually by the time you hear this Uh, top of the table Wigan again flying high and that Gillingham well we'll have to see um, how crucial those points that weren't docked could prove at the end of the season because they're right in the mix Wigan have been flying though haven't they absolutely flying yeah and uh, they won last minute last week uh, away at Walsall fans invaded the pitch um, I've actually heard some local commentary of that game where the commentator goes um some fans are on the pitch they think it's all over it is now we're gonna have won two one <laughs>
3: yeah very good where do you get that one from uh Millwall as uh, well another team that have been on the up um they've got a, a very impressive away record in particular and uh, look like they could you know not not a bad shop for promotion under Neil Harris Yeah,
0: they're up in the uh, the playoff spots should we uh, have a look at league two because we've got to talk about Northampton town. This is an incredible story. You remember, remember all the chaos early this season. You did the special mini episode, didn't you? Uh, mm. All about the Cobblers. Uh, they were going out of business. Sixfields was a mess. It was all horrible off the field. Chris Wilder was doing well on the field. Talk about doing well on the field. They've won 10 matches in a row. I know. I and mean, there might, might even be
3: more than that by the time you hear this. And they've scored some spectacular goals along the way as well. In particular, Ricky Holmes. Scored some absolute beauties. There was one in particular against Leighton Orient, where he sort of he w- jumped into a challenge, controlled it with his first touch on his left foot, and then in the same movement volleyed it in on his right foot, like it you know from about. 30 yards out, top corner, seek it out. It was a couple of weeks ago now, but it was an absolutely astonishing goal. And I think in the same match their centre-half scored an overhead kick as well. (laughs) Which just shows you how it's going for them at the moment. But, I mean, 10 wins on the spin is incredible. They've kicked on since that uh, period where it was all going wrong off the field and they were holding it together. They were in the playoff picture they were in and around the automatic spots but now they are what uh 73 they're 18 points clear of fourth place Accrington so promotion unless something absolutely disastrous happens is nailed on for them incredible absolutely incredible Plymouth and Oxford up there as well and they've got Shaq as a fan do you see
0: that oh yes I did see that I did see that
3: what was the story there yeah he's got a relationship a business relationship with the new owner Kelvin Thomas right uh, and that's that's how it came about. They sent the old video. You see, the, you must have seen the, the video message. So there's, surely they've got to get him over for the big promotion party. They have to get Shaq over. Maybe put him up front. Why not for the last game, like David James did for Man City well, those if, years ago? Well, if Gillingham can get away with not registering a player, then <laughs> I
0: think you'll <he'll> be fine. <laughs> I don't think they're going to deduct eighteen
3: points. What about points? the other two? Uh, Plymouth, yeah. Uh, uh, and Oxford, Plymouth. have I mean, Northampton are kind of making the O's two look bad, really. But I mean, they're still doing very well. But but Plymouth, they have fallen a little bit. And Oxford, what they are, three points ahead of Atkinson in fourth. I mean, why are Atkinson what in fourth. What are they doing I mean, in fourth? Mad, isn't it? That yeah. is ridiculous.
0: I mean, and they've got two games in hand as well. well. They, they usually have about ten games in hand at this stage of the season because of their pitch. But yeah, up in fourth. That is an incredible job. I think John Coleman actually um, called them Real Madrid or said we're playing like Real Madrid earlier this week, which might be a slight exaggeration, but still. Very, very impressive, and even Mansfield in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure I tip them to get relegated. They're they're up in the playoff positions at the minute. Wimbledon are up there yeah. as well. No, it's a it's Tremendous. a, it's a um, Bristol Rovers. It's a refreshing, look, refreshing looking top seven. I would say sort of lots of teams mm. that are not usually in there. With some of the more fancy teams, uh, Wickham, Pompey, Orient, uh, all a little bit further down the table. Yeah, yeah. All a little bit further down. Uh, down at the bottom though, the Daggers. Look, mm, looking grim for them. Mm. Um, York and Yeovil just above John them at the Stills. minute managerial yeah. bounce has evaporated very quickly, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I mean they've got a huge task if they want to stay up from the position uh, they're in at the minute. Right, I think um unless you've got any more AOB mate, we should knock it on the head there and le- let you get off to gallivanting around central London or
3: whatever the hell you're gonna do tonight. Uh only thing I I team I was gonna mention, we didn't you skipped over them pretty quickly in the championship, uh, is Preston up to the heady heights of ninth I won four
0: in a row someone at work was talking to me about this the other day saying that they're uh, yeah they might even have an outside uh, an outside bet of the playoffs I don't know um, but certainly out of the northwest side in the championship they're uh, performing extremely well yeah brilliant well done, Simon Grayson. Not gone well for poor Lambert at Blackburn, has it? He's settled very quickly New. back into his Aston Villa days. Yeah. <laughs> Just lost all that vibrancy in that tan. It's all gone. It's all downhill. Uh, right, that's it. If you want to get in touch, uh, the Twitter is at Wagyu Podcast. Please do. Um, just to let you know, let us know that you're still out there and listen we do get quite a lot of emails still from uh, various listeners around the world who are enjoying the, these more sporadic podcasts this season uh, the website is wearegoingup.co.uk the whole archive is on there you can still get yourself a free audiobook courtesy of our friends at Audible you go to audible.co.uk slash up. you get a, a free month trial there and you can uh, get an audiobook and then cancel it if you so wish right that is pretty much it from, uh, from up here in sunny Salford and I think from the um, from the, uh, what do we call it? The broom cupboard. From the broom Andy, cupboard, Pierce, yep. Andy Peters' Still broom top. cupboard. Yeah, good. Yep. good. Uh, Ed the Duck's not here though, right. unfortunately. <laughs> next time, mate, get him on. That's it for this week's We Are Going Up. We'll speak to you next time. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League
3: covered. <laughs>